It's showtime. Let's do this. Get on to your butt. SA Gamercast! Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the SA Gamercast. Uh, my name is Garth Holden and I'm joined by my co-host, host Charlie Small. Hello. And today we have Ash joining us. Aloha. Yay. Glad to have you back, Ash. Good to be back, man. Not, yeah, not entirely sure how I'm going to handle today's topic, but I think I've got a few games that uh, I can try and convince you guys to talk about. Maybe. Cool. Looking forward to it. So, before we get into the main topic, um, Ash, what have you been playing recently? Uh, well, I've recently fallen in love with UFC 3. I think it's the best one in the series thus far. I'm trying to get uh, to... The greatest of all time status at the moment. I'm gonna try and get full gamer score for the game. Otherwise, uh, tried to finish Wolfenstein, but that UFC came in the way. Played a lot of PUBG. Love my chicken dinners. Trying to be as good as our resident streamer Dave, but it's proving to be much harder than I thought. Other than that, yeah, just been really busy. So, so old Dave is not as bad as he looks. He's not as bad as it looks. I mean, if you watch him stream at night, he tends to get a whole lot more action, a whole lot more kills. I think it's because he's still getting over his hangover in the morning every every time that he streams, like on a Monday and a Wednesday. Uh-huh. I should, I should really try and make a plan to watch it some from at some point. Uh, I really haven't watched much of his, many of his streams. Well, the Facebook streams, they get recorded, so you can always catch up on it later. Yeah, I know, I know that, but then I'll be very honest, I just kind of don't think about it, and yeah. I'm I worried you. about the fact that I now have to talk to Dave about being hung over at work so often. <laughs> <laughs> but it's part of the, the charm. Uh, the, the you secret, dropped him now. The, the secret is up. And a block of cheese to go with it. So don't, don't talk about that block of cheese. Yeah, it's scary. It's very scary. What have you been playing, Johnny? Well, um, I got managed to uh, get hold of a copy of uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, which uh, I'm pretty sure Garth will be very happy to hear. And Slowly converting everyone. Yeah, yeah, you going in that old one of us, one of us kind of thing. Yep. But yeah, um, I'm enjoying it. It's it's different. It's a bit different from what I expected. A lot of people have been going on, or from what I heard, people say, you know, it's it's like The Witcher, and I'm like, okay, no, not quite. Uh, or it's like Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm like, yeah, not quite. But what I like about it is that it took elements from those great open world games and you know, incorporated into the Assassin's Creed uh, gameplay that we know and love and, you know, just made something that's, it's still Assassin's Creed. That, that's, let's be very honest about that. But it's just so much better than anything that we've gotten in the last seven years, basically. And silence. Of course, we're just shocked. Yeah, I'm very shocked. Uh, I never thought you'd actually fall for this game. I mean, yeah, yeah. even for the review, for that matter, 
And I know that uh, everyone in, in our bloody group have been telling you, yeah, just try it. It's very different. It's not the same as Assassin's Creed. It's not a rehash of all the previous installments. Yeah, look, I mean, I was a huge fan of Assassin's Creed, and I, I don't know if, if everybody knows that. Um, I, I loved it. I absolutely adored it, but it, it just became such a boring, bloated mess eventually, that, um, and, I, and I kind of felt betrayed by it. So that's why I kind of ignored this game and I said, you know what, um, let them prove it first. And the more and more people told me, you know, go play this game. It is definitely a step up and, you know, step in the right direction. They've been doing a hell of a good job with this one. Just just go play it. And, you know, I'm, I, I can't stop thinking about this game. I mean, now I, I, you know, you know, considered brushing this recording off so I can pl play that rather. But, you know, at least I didn't. Is this also why you want to start doing CrossFit so you can start doing parkour? Um, no, I've, I actually prefer to have all my limbs and um, joints and all those in the right position. So I don't think I want to try parkour ever in my life. What, you don't want to go kill hippos in Egypt? I'll do that in the virtual world. Thank you very okay. much. Fine. Well, you said earlier that uh, no one knows that you're actually an Assassin's Creed fan, but maybe it's because all you talk about is Destiny and Nier Automata. I mean, stand to be corrected, but I haven't heard you speak about Assassin's Creed except for when you said that you're not interested in the next Assassin's Creed. Well, that's... Well, let, let's put it this way. I mean, how long have I known you, Ash? About two years now. And I kind of fell out of love with Assassin's Creed before that, so I just didn't have anything to say about it. Um, the game that really did um, hurt me the most was Assassin's Creed Unity. I think that Black Flag was still a decent enough game, but you could start realizing that the problem started coming through there, although a lot of the game did get a lot of praise. And Unity, and, and the big thing is I played Unity a couple of months after release. So most of the bugs and those things have been fixed, but the game was just so boring that, you know, and it, it, it almost felt like such a missed opportunity having, you know, this great French Revolution setting and this weird Romeo-Juliet kind of thing going with the protagonist, and it just didn't work. And I think I played that game for maybe 15 hours when, and I just eventually gave up and I said, you know, I'm done with this. You know, I, I didn't even bother with Syndicate. I just, and people said it's better, but I just didn't bother. It, it was, you know, I mean, you can only take so much shit from, from, a, from somebody before you say, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm done with this abusive relationship. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way after Brotherhood. Yeah, you see, I still didn't have an issue with Brotherhood. I did. I, I still loved uh, Revelation. I even liked Assassin's Creed Three, which I know a lot of people didn't like. But after that, it started feeling, you know, things are just going in the wrong direction for it. So, you know, and I'm pretty happy that Assassin's Creed Origins did, um, you know, kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it proved me wrong. And and I'm I'm never been more than that happier to admit that I have been wrong about something or writing it off beforehand 
that kind of thing. So I'm definitely, definitely very happy with this one. Garth, what have you been up to? Um, I finally finished uh, spelunking underwater in Subnautica, uh, which was quite an interesting treat for me. Um, I've been playing the game since I was in early access and kind of stopping when the bugs got too much or the stuff I was doing was kind of the edge of what they were adding to the game. Um, so that came out, took me completely, um, like drew me completely in and I just had to follow it through and finish the story kind of thing. Um, it's funny because I have this, do you know when you a kid you have this f irrational fear that there's a shark in the swimming pool? Yes. Yeah. So I used to do um, like diving from pretty high up and for some reason I always thought that the diving pool in the deep end was deep enough for sharks. So I've always had this huge issue with there being deep water. Um, even when I go to the swimming at the beach or whatever, I won't go too deep because I don't know what's underneath me. And it always freaks me out when I see people in those big boats and they just jump out and swim for a bit. Like, you don't know what's underneath you. It might be like hundreds of meters of whatever beneath you. And I think this game was kind of my way of exploring that fear without you know actually going out and scuba diving somewhere expensive mm. Mm. I, I don't i don't know much about subnautica um you know what what can you tell us about it okay so it's a it's a survival game um at the beginning of the game something happens to the big ship that you're on and it's uh it crashes onto this alien planet where you pretty it looks like the whole planet is water uh, so you in a little life pod and you have you have a few bottles of water some food and some flares and that's it and you have a little PDA that's now in emergency mode and it's going to try help you out and you start collecting plants and fish you know you swim around and go fetch them and then there's a tiny little like fabricator on board your ship almost like a mixture between a 3d printer and like those um those meal dispensers in star trek right and and the game starts picking up certain elements and things so if you pick the mushrooms near where you are you find that they have a high acidity so if you collect several of them and copper your fabricator can make a battery and if you collect uh -huh. um certain fish you use to eat and then certain fish act like a membrane which you use to filter water and the further you go you start collecting blueprints from the wreckage of the big ship and you you scan animals and plants and whatever to learn you know okay this one's edible or this one has um high concentration of sulfur so let's get the sulfur out of that thing or let's use the teeth of this creature to make you know hardened glass or whatever and the whole time you're doing this you're improving on your scuba gear and um the where you live so you eventually build your own little house with electric with power solar power or something else um you you can have like a fish tank and then you can eventually breed fish so that when you come home there's something for you to eat 
Uh, you can have water filtration systems and it just gets more and more advanced the further you go. Uh, at the same time, there's a story of like why this whole world is so is covered in water, why this area has such crazy eco-diversity. And you start finding um, indicators not only of other people from your ship that, ex that survived the getting into life pods and what have you, but people that were there previously uh, not so long ago and you start following their path and trying to steal some of their research to get further um, and the game just it kind of sends you further and further down the tech tree to get really cool tech and then oh but I have to go back because I need food and oh I ran out of this material and that's only in this biome and then you have to be careful because in the one biome there's huge enemies that can destroy your submarine um so you're forever doing little setting little tasks for yourself or deciding like well screw the tasks um i like this area i'm i'm in i'm going to build an observatory and an underwater base and just sit and enjoy the wildlife so is this your typical survival type game where you've got like one life and if you mess up somewhere you die or is there a bit more different kind of progression to it um, that you can there's a mode where you can play hardcore like that what they do in the beginning is if you die you go back to your life uh, pod and you drop a bunch of items very similar to uh, how minecraft handles death um, and arc survival evolved yeah. as the same mechanic and eventually you evolve to the point where you have this massive submarine and then when you die you go back to the sub and you don't lose anything if you die near close enough to it um but yeah and there's also like a creative mode where there's less things that can kill you so you only have to watch your um health and your oxygen you don't have to worry about your food you know and your water because they can become quite an issue unless you go and build a place to help you handle you know your water and food needs so it becomes a kind of a, just a exploring a beautiful looking underworld underwater world kind of simulator in a way yeah so there's like it's a, a two kilometer by two kilometer area that you can explore uh and things will go from won't attack you at all to bite you once and you're dead um and and if you you start finding places to go deeper and deeper and you find these weird underwater caverns with tunnels that you go through and every place you come to generally has a new life form or a new element or something that you want to collect so you want to explore the place as much as possible i've i've never been a fan of of the survival games like minecraft or again i know minecraft is a bit more than that but it, it's never really been appealed to me but this, I'm, I'm looking through screenshots of it, and it really looks pretty. And I think that also can make it a hell of a good game, you know, or nice experience, you know, because it just looks good. Yeah, like I said, people have found places to build bases just because it looks very pretty there. You know, it's not because there's good resources to collect. It's just pretty. You just want to sit and watch and... Um, like sound design matters so much because eventually you start reaching places where 
like if it's nighttime then it's very dark in the ocean um, so you have to listen for certain things and each monster or underwater creature has its own unique sounds that it makes and if you hear the big things that can eat you and that want to eat you then you slow down and turn your lights off and listen for it and it can get pretty tense do you ever get to meet any of the other survivors and is there an opportunity to get off that planet uh so the the game ends with you finding a way to leave oh but you never get to meet any of the other survivors ever no you 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 read their journals and hear their voice logs so it's it's quite fun finding those but you yeah. you don't find the other people. Yeah, it also adds to the mystery of the whole reason why you're there. I think you got me interested. Damn you, Goth, with your... <laughs> Influencer. <laughs> yeah, it's it it's just... It's one of those games that it's not just another survival game. This is people calling it one of the survival games. Um, because exploration is so much fun because it's a beautifully crafted and created world um you know it's been well thought out the tech tree and the way the game pushes you forward um and the fact that there's an actual story and an end because a lot of survival games kind of reach this point where nothing challenges you anymore so you just give up because it's not a survival game anymore it's just a weird kind of sandbox where you used to be scared of things, but now you can one-shot everything or um, nothing has loot, so you just stop playing. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm very curious for this one. I think it can be um, it can be very interesting. So I'll definitely keep an eye out for this one. Of course, now I feel like I've already started the main topic of the evening. Maybe. Yeah, you, you yeah. kind of already got one point here yeah, if, uh, if we have a scoring system. So uh, the idea, the main topic was that each, it, all of us have slightly different um, likes, dislikes, and favorite genres. And this is something I saw with, with the Game of the Year awards, is there are a whole bunch of games that certain of us play and no one else in the team does, um, which is great because we can review those games, but it's kind of sad when you want other people to play them too. Uh, so... So Charlie, why don't you start that off with translated what Garth just said is he's talking about games he play and none of us play. Because he has an Uber Elite PC that can handle them. Not even that, it's just it's <laughs> games no that I play no one else likes, and yes, I'm still bitter about it. But lies. But let's do a positive thing <laughs> instead of a sad thing. Charlie. Yeah, um yeah, so I am what I thought that and, and it's it's not really a game that or series that um, it's a very popular series, but but I'm not sure. I don't know about Ash if he's ever tried it, but I know you haven't played it, Garth, which is a little bit disappointing considering you, you know, basically um, live breathe RPGs and that is the Souls born games from from software essentially um and yeah i thought that you know within our team i think i'm about the only one who really really dig these these kind of games and and i thought i'd, I'd try and, and convince you at least one of you to try the you know dark souls out when it releases maybe later this year for you know on on the new consoles 
Okay, so what is the appeal of these games? Because I feel like the message around them has become really muddy. Yeah, so um, I think the big problem is that you know the the games, especially when the first one, uh, Demon Souls, and 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 I really don't want to talk about that because I know that you know somewhere uh, Goth just got a uh, not Goth David just got a bit of a um, a pain somewhere just for you know mentioning that name of the game. Um, but the thing is, when when that game launched, it was brutal, brutal brutally hard um, and, and and one of the big reasons is that people didn't understand it and also demon souls is is brutal it it it's got this this the system where where you as you play or you you start out in the basically the beginning area and then you start working yourself towards the area boss and it's a slow dungeon crawl of a game, which is which is fine, and there's a lot of cool things to explore on your way, but enemies are gonna kick your ass along the way, it, because you just you're underpowered and you just don't know, you know how to take them on, and it the, the game had some balancing issues in that sense, and also something very brutal was that if you die in Demon Souls, you basically drop all the souls, which is your experience currency, on on the spot, and you get booted straight to the beginning of that level, which means you have to grind through everything to get back to your XP points, and then, you know, if you're lucky enough to get there, you can get all those XP back, which is cool, then you've kind of doubled your XP, but you know, more often than not, especially in the beginning when you still don't understand it, you, you're not going to get there and you're going to go over and over and over. And after, you know, a, a dozen or so tries, you know, a lot of people would give up. And I think that is where the, the stigma of, of get good um, kind of came from. And, you know, it, it translated over to... To, to Dark Souls when that released. Okay, now Dark Souls was was released to a bit more of a, a mainstream audience. And while I, I still think that Demon Souls is is an excellent game. And I think that anybody, you know, or anybody who is kind of in, into this kind of masochistic kind of thing, you know, definitely give it a try. But what made uh, Dark Souls was a lot more uh, forgiving in that sense, in that, you know, you had your bonfires, which which became a staple of the series uh, that scattered across the map. And you have these, um, you had a lot of ways that you can get people to help you out along the way through, you know, messages being uh, strewn you know, across the map and, or, uh, you know, and it can be false messages and all those kind of things, but you have, and you can get people to actually join you and help you fight these, these boss fights, especially if you're new at it. But it was, it was a lot more forgiving in that sense, but there was still this sense of this game is the, the hardest game ever made simply because there was this, these idiots on the internet who like to brag that they've beaten it. And that kind of, I think, ruined it and maybe put a lot of people off of something that is really a, a really good series of a game. Because the big thing is just it doesn't hold your hand. 
that is the biggest thing to to remember and it also released in a time when everything was holding your hand so it was something different and maybe you know caught people off guard once again but it it really isn't it's not as hard as a lot of people make it out to be and that's why i think that you know it should be given a bit more of a of a chance and i talked a lot yeah. now so now you guys can have a chance <laughs> but now okay. if, if if i had to start the series where would i start i'll just start with dark souls where a lot of people started it um i know i played demon souls uh back before i played dark souls I wouldn't I wouldn't easily recommend Demon Souls to people. So and and it's it's also not really canon to the story of you know Dark Souls one, two and three. So it's it's more like there's few references that only true fans will maybe understand, but I don't think it's necessary to to start there. And interestingly enough, and this is you know not giving any story away. And a lot of people also say, you know, but Dark Souls doesn't have a story. And it's got an incredible story. It's just hidden in the world. It's 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 a story that's told through the gameplay, through the world that you in. Um, you know, reading the, the the descriptions of items and armor and and those kind of things is you know, making up the story as you go along in a way. And you can almost start with Dark Souls 3 and then work your way back and you would still kind of get the same sense of what's going on because the stories aren't linear. It's, it's not one story onto the other, but it does kind of like explain certain things from each game, which at the end of Dark Souls 3 just absolutely blew my mind in, in how everything got put together. And But yeah starting with starting with the beginning dark souls one i think is is probably the best place to start in that sense okay well i'm definitely gonna give it a try i always wanted to try it you know after you mentioned now that the idiots of the internet always state that they finished the game or how hard it is and you need to get good in order to complete it i just want to actually see how hard it is to complete the game or just play it in general it is a challenging game. I mean, make no make no mistake. Uh, there, you're gonna come across bosses that's going to to kick your ass. It is it is definitely gonna happen. But it's nothing, you know, that we haven't seen before. And like I said, once you just understand the mechanics of the game, you know how just you know what they basically want you to do, then it's not. It really isn't that hard to play. It it's actually a great, you know grind to get from point a to point b to point c and eventually finish the story in in that you know like i said it's that that typical dungeon crawl where you 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 inch your way forward and you know you become more powerful and and the beginning of the game it can be a little bit tricky but once it clicks and you just figure out say oh so that's how you do this it just it just opens up an incredible game, and then and there's a reason why so many people absolutely rave about the series. Isn't it mostly dependent on what type of character you choose in the start of the game that would determine how hard it would be for you in the start? Yeah, Dark Souls One had a bit of a shortcut um, or cheat, if you want to put it, or easy mode, if you want to want to put it that way. In that, if you if you for instance, pick the pyromancer class, and you you got a gift that you start out with. 
um, which is a key that you can get, which opens up some shortcuts in the beginning of the game. Um, if you decide to go with that, then you can make the game a lot easier for yourself in the in the beginning stages. But eventually, it, it evens itself out. There's no... And each class can be, you know, it's... You're not bound to a class as you play. It it depends really on your play style and what you like. If you you can start out with a, a cleric, which is a bit more of a tanky character, and then you realize, no, this is not really what I'm I like. So you you start um, putting your your experience into your agility or, or your dexterity and and those kind of things, and you realize so you become more mobile and and those kind of things. Maybe wear lighter armor, uh, those things. And you realize, so so it really depends on how you want to play. You get all these different kind of builds that people always talk about. And it's it, it really depends on how you want to play it. And also, you know, just how you end up playing it or what's comfortable for you. So you, you're not locked into one particular class for that sense. So okay. I, I have a question. Um like you're saying that it's a bit more forgiving with the bonfires and that kind of thing. Um, I've always seen what I've seen of the game is a lot of the bosses are like quite a, a bunch of dicks, right? Yeah. Yeah. How long does it take you to get from like your bonfire back to that boss so you can have a second try and a third and a fourth? Um, some of them is, is longer than others, but a lot of the time you can run past the enemies that's in the way so it's it's not like you really you have to fight through everything again just to get to the boss it's um some of the bonfires is right by the entrance to the um to the boss door or to the door to the boss so it's um it it really it, like I said it depends on on where you are what areas what shortcuts you've opened up because because you you open up shortcuts as you go along in order to you know you drop a ladder here you open up a door from the other side those kind of things and, and then makes it a lot easier for you to get to that to that boss. Uh, okay. But but one thing that I will tell you and, and I mean the most famous boss fight in in Dark Souls is Ornstein and Smaug or Smog or Smog or whatever they call him. And um, your grind or your your trip from the bonfire, there's two particular bonfires that you can use. You just you can got to, you can pick one. Um, that trip can be quite harrowing. Uh, you can still run past everything, but um, it can be quite harrowing to get just to that boss fight again. So so that that can be a bit a bit of a letdown, but. By the time you get there as well, you kind of already know how to play that game because it's two-thirds through the game kind of thing. So, no, it's actually... Yeah, it's it, it, it's quite a distance into the game. So you you should know how to handle yourself by the time you get there. But you're going to run. Yeah, you can always run. Always run. Never be afraid to run. But don't the enemies follow you anyway? No matter if you try and get all the way to the boss, they keep coming after you. 
Um, there are a few that will follow you some kind of distance, but also that once you through the, the bathroom door, they don't follow you in. So they, they and, and some of them, they'll follow you up to a certain point and there's like that invisible wall where they just don't go past that, that kind of thing. So yeah, some will chase you, but only, only a certain distance. They, they won't go all the way. Man, it doesn't sound that hard. I'm definitely going to give it a try then. No, I think, uh, look, the, the, something about the, these games is it is quite special. I mean, and, and if you have sat with a boss um, and you are using Ornstein and Smile as a um, an example, and, and once you've beaten it, you, um, you know, you've, you've got that sense of accomplishment and it's like, yeah, you know, I battled and I... You know, and it took me a couple of tries, and you know these these guys were kicking my ass, and I eventually got through it, and I feel so good, and it's a nice feeling, and and it's something that a lot of games these days don't necessarily give you. They don't have that sense of accomplishment and award or reward or yeah, sense of you know accomplishment for finishing something that was challenging because sometimes they just hold your hand straight through cool well i think i i mean i've kind of wanted to try it and i keep saying i will try one of them in the holidays and i keep failing terribly. <laughs> <laughs> but goth i mean what is the reason though what is the biggest turn off for the series being for you I don't know. I think, I I think it might be. I tried Demon Souls as it released, and I thought that this was just a bunch of piffle. You you won't be the last one, or I'm pretty sure not the only one who thought that. Um, yeah. I I don't know. It's just, I think it's also I prefer this my story driven games to have more of a narrative than the kind of, you know emergence on your items and mysteries and stuff but but i think really it's just it's game number 150 something on on the list of games i want to get to okay well seeing as you're now semi-convinced to play this game uh what game are you gonna try and pedal to us now but i already pedaled the game say again I already pedaled one in my what am I playing at the moment. Yeah, but that's one. <laughs> we know you have like 27 like stashed in the cupboard or something. Yeah, he's got like, he just needs to, he rolled down the list. He goes, <clears throat> well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here are games that ye all should play. Starting with, isn't it Divinity? Oh, yes, you all should play that. Uh, but... Uh, I was thinking about it and I thought that I I wanted to tell you guys about Endless Legend. Oh, what is this? So Endless Legend is a 4X game and I often say that 4X game and a lot of people give me blank stares. So it's a genre of grand strategy where you the game revolves around four things. Expand, explore, exploit, exterminate. And that's where the name of the genre comes in. Um, mm. Okay, so it's, it's like four E's kind of thing. Yeah, but 
4x sounds 4x okay, cool. um so, 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 so it's almost like sounds almost like e3 but with another e <laughs> and not a gaming convention in la and, and not a game but that convention. doesn't sound sexy charlie that's why it's 4x no, 4x so often we talk about games and it's all about the action and what have you and these games are about management and resources and a bit of patience so endless legend is a um a fantasy setting there's magic and what have you and when you start the game you are now controlling a tribe of people and you build a city um, and you're on this beautiful world but it has these really harsh winters and basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to work out how to save yourself or take over the whole world so it doesn't matter before it enters its next ice age and the signs are there that it is coming soon um, so what the, the game is all about is you you manage your cities and you manage your armies you choose what your cities build um, you e expand the cities by building neighborhoods and your neighborhoods give you the resources of the tiles around them and if you build eventually you get to advanced building where if you build the neighborhoods in a cluster one of the neighborhoods will rank up to the next level and then it will give bigger bonuses and have more people in it um, so it gets very intricate in how you build a city and research upgrades and things like that and what's nice about endless legend well one of the many things nice about endless legend is the tech tree is split into four distinct categories um, there's military stuff there's improvements for your cities um there's there's like different empire controlling techs and then there's improvements for units or different using different metals and things like that and you only need so many research before you go to the next age so you can actually ignore a section or two sections of that um research tree and really start shaping your civilization to be you know the way you want them to be so if you go for say all about economy and empire you can build this massive thing that makes a hell of a lot of money and then you basically pay off other people to leave you alone or do stuff for you um, or you could build the biggest cities and massive armies and slowly take over the countryside with you know this massive cr crushing war machine it all depends on you and on the race you play and what's always been fun and endless is the fact that each race you play plays very differently um, so this one race for example it doesn't need food they basically um, they like golems they made out of dust which is a semi-magical substance but it's used as currency of the world so it's like they're gold um, they use gold to make new ones of themselves so when you want your city to grow you just spend money on that city and it gets bigger um, and you don't have to care about researching any of the food stuff it's just gone it doesn't matter to your civilization so you don't build improvements you don't research it so you play completely differently when you're playing them compared to playing say um, the endless cult which only builds one city the entire game 
and they slowly start subverting other people to their culture, their religion, and uh, using religion and violence. They beat down tribes and get them to join them and then use those tribes as massive armies to take over other places. So which was your preferred race out of them all? Oh boy, um, I quite like the guys with the dust. Um, there's, were, there's also a race that did very well with sciences. Um, and then there's some balance, there's, there's a pretty uh, hectic one where it's these, um, these locust people and they enter a city and they will have the native population will still be there and what you do is you make your people eat those citizens and for <laughs> a while your city is more productive but you basically eat the land and the people of a city to the point that it actually stops being efficient because you've eaten everything consumed everything kind of thing so it's like a like a plague of locusts yeah so they they like these super advanced locusts um and they they just they arrive and they eat everything and you get bonuses when they eat people because everyone works harder because they don't want to be eaten but you eat them anyway so you you start managing your cities and moving your population of like you know if you find humans anywhere you're like okay come here flesh bag Daddy wants to eat you in the main city. Sounds so, like you need a Marcus Phoenix there. Ha ha. <laughs> so, so the question I have though is your races that you have in this game, are they, can they coexist with each other? Or are they just purely out to destroy each other? No, so... Or take each other over, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, each race um, kind of has their, their kind of personality traits. They're these dragonkin people, which are very diplomatic and they they want to use money and influence to survive through the game um, and there are multiple ways to win a game there's there's the score victory which is just being the best at the end uh, which is kind of like a consolation prize for reaching the end of the game and not having a concrete victory and then there'll be like religious victories science victory where you basically you research tech that is so advanced that you become you know a shining jewel that everyone wants to emulate and no one can compete with you there's the military conquest where you just turn everyone to dust and there's the one the one where you make so many riches that basically no one can do anything except accept you as a friend or master kind of thing um, so you don't always have to play a, a militant game. You can you can send people gifts, or you can um, you can help nearby city states, and then you use those uh, you use their units as your army. So you don't even have to build your own army. You basically just levy them to do the whole heavy lifting for you. Um, so it's not always mutually assured destruction, no. So this is a, a turn-based, from what it, it looks like I'm seeing, a turn-based RTS game. So yeah, it's completely turn-based uh, strategy. And then you, the, the the main component of it is your city building and managing your cities. And in um, in Endless Legend, they have a, an easy way of describing 
your resources they call it the FITSI and that's basically it's food industry dust which is your money science and influence and those are the resources that you want to collect in varying quantities and that decides what kind of lets you decide what kind of player you are are you going for rich are you going for like science you know to try have the best tech are you going for food to have massive cities that can support large armies or you know um and then then a mixture of them if you know you to find your sweet spot and then what you also do is with all the research you do the game's pretty granular it's not like um in a lot of other games you basically will have an early age unit like a, a warrior with a club and then he will upgrade into a guy with a bronze sword or an iron sword or a parkman and he by the end of the game he'll be a tank so in this one you have several units and those unit types you have the whole way through the game but you can research a special type of armor and then you give that unit better armor better sword um, an amulet that lets them move faster and then you make that your like primary unit and you save it in your thing so that you can build more of them and train more of them and then you'll train another one that's like oh this one is very cheap i use it to just flood the battlefield and this one is you know the vanguard he's super powerful and then in combat it goes to a different screen where you have several turns to control your units in like a tactics grid and the enemy controls their units as well and then the stats of your units their initiative and all sorts of things start coming into play as well as the place where you choose your fight so the fighting gets pretty tactical i wouldn't say that it is a genre that i've always loved or oh i haven't played any games that um, follow the same premise for a very long time but it does sound very interesting i especially like the different race types and that they all have a specific resource or either um something that they can trade with they they all have something special that makes you want to play as that race or want to work to the the best uh, the strengths of that race because you don't always have to you could play um you can play the merchant race as a very militant one and just use their extra benefits they have to getting more money to help fuel your army mm, but it sounds like you can start with the race that essentially is the richest and start buying over resources from the other race or just befriending them in a way where if they had to be under attack from say like the locust horde then they can just call on them i like that i like that you don't have to build a city or a race that encompasses everything like in order to um, harvest food to feed an army build an army train an army have barracks and everything and then on top of that you need to have a fully working ecosystem that generates money here you can just essentially go to another race and say look i've got this resources what can you help me out with and then take it from there Goth, how many times have you played through the game um i've tried to win with every race and how far did you get um i think i'm about halfway for winning i've, I've played a few games with everyone 
um and the the games can take pretty long like um if you play till late game and win that can be that can be like 12 hours i take it there's been expansions released for it as well or has there been any new characters or races added to the game yeah so um endless legend has had um has two expansions so far where they added a um oh, sorry that it's one expansion they've they've added a whole bunch of extra stuff just as they were evolving at the latest one was they added um a a, a stealthier uh race and they use subterfuge as their weapon so it kind mm. of shows off the new subterfuge and spa mechanics that they added to the game. Okay, I'm sold. Well, yeah, you just had to start with that part, and yeah, I would have been sold. Yeah, so I see that that this game on Steam, um, it's still actually selling for quite expensive for a game that's already four years old, which does say something about it. It does, it does say that you know this thing is quite popular, from from what I can see. Yeah, I think um, it's just it, it's it's really well made, and I think it's because of the replay value, is, and not just the the fact that there's multiple races to play. It's the fact that every game you play, there are different quests that you can get while you play. So you're not just worrying about how well are my cities doing, you know, where are my enemies, that kind of thing. Each each civilization will have a quest that is their way of winning the game but there'll also be other quests like oh you explored a ruin but um and you find a magical statue if you bring it some rare resource we might be able to unlock it and then you do that and then you unleash like a powerful enemy and if you don't defeat them within so many turns then the that's the end of the quest but if you beat them you get an artifact and you give that artifact to one of your heroes and then suddenly they much better in combat um or you find a resource cache somewhere and then that sets you up for uh for a while with like luxury resources to keep your civilization happy interesting so now i'm i'm looking at the the minimum spec here <laughs> um i see it's not that high you know, I might, I might actually be able to play it. Just, I'm not sure about the graphics card though. So, but, but obviously, I, I, I assume the better the graphics, the better. Ah, the better your, it looks, the better this game will play. Yeah, it, um, I mean, it's, it does look really pretty at at high graphics. Um, and then of course, in the late game, it starts. It, it, all of these four X games make a PC strain because then suddenly you have. The whole screen is full of units and they all got their special effects going and there's smoke and you know it's pretty things in the city and it just it can be a, a lot for a pc to handle damn so so I, I just i just lost the sale there huh with the last bit of info well no no the thing is what i think might what might have happened is that ash might have lost the this the sale for a switch no nah, man come on <laughs> i'm not sure it can work on your machine uh yeah well i mean the thing is i'll have to i'll have to see though but um i'm definitely gonna add this to my to my wish list it's i haven't played um 
RTS games in quite some time. And I remember it, it's been, I think the very first one that I played was the original Red Alert. It was like a 94. And uh, since then, yeah, that's one of the classics. And I mean, I think that was the very first RTS I played. And I, I played quite a few. I mean, I played that and... I somehow missed out on the on the Age of Empire games. I don't know how that happened. I think I just never got hold of a copy of it. But I did play the Caesar games. I don't know if any of you guys remember those. Oh, yeah, I remember those. And I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, as well as... Um, and I also had my, my pretty uh, solid SimCity 2000 city going of around about <laughs> 7 million people. So it's, you know, it is is still RTS. It's not the same as this, you know, where there's a strategy involved in in how you deal with your your neighbors in a way. But I mean, I've actually always wanted to get back into a game like this, and and it might be a good stepping stone to get into it and play a game that moves away from the comfort of you know holding a a controller. If that, you know, it if it makes sense, it's yeah. you know just sitting back and, you know, on your couch, you know, in a in a bad position for your back, um, where now you can just sit back in a comfortable chair with a bad position for your back and a keyboard and mouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look after your back, Charlie. Yeah, I try. I try. It sounds like he's uh, fishing for a sponsorship or something. No, no, I'm not. I don't want to go there. I don't. I don't want to be an influencer. <laughs> you already are. Okay, stop, fine. Stop killing yourself. We all are, in that sense. Mm. So, Ash, what game are you telling us or telling us about? Telling us. Teletalking us. Teletalking us. Yes, telling us about. My my um, English is is letting me down tonight. The the is coming through, big oh. time. Well, hopefully my color doesn't come out. Well, okay. The, the the game the game that I want to talk about uh, or try and sell to you guys is something you'll never play or never wanted to touch is Pro Evolution Soccer. So this guy, no, f- I'm talking cuck. I'm not talking about that game. Okay, the actual game I want to talk about. Um, I was convinced. I was almost there convinced. <laughs> you know. Okay, cool. I would like to see. No, I would never shove that down. Ash, to no, give I me a proper reason to play this game. Uh, I would never. I would never. It's not for everyone. Football games aren't for everyone. Just like, uh, um, just like uh, tennis simulators and all those. It's not for everyone. Even NHL. I can't. I liked it back in the day, but now it's like, ugh, it's not really my cup of tea. Uh, but the the game that I want to get back to, uh, it was it started development back in two thousand and five. That was like the early years of indie game development for for Steam, essentially. Um, and this game was solely built by a guy named David Rosen, who belongs to a studio called Wolfire Games. The game's name is Lugaru, or as the French say, Lugaru, which means um, wolf or werewolf in French. So the game is about <clears throat> anthropomorphic animals that have basically taken over civilization as we know it, because the human race just died out. 
Uh, I'm not going into the reason as to why they died out or how these animals started walking upright and learning Kung Fu and everything, because that's just part of the charm of the game. The game essentially focuses around a, a rabbit that is also a retired warrior, and his name is Turner, who lives in a small village on this island of Lugaro. And Lugaro is mainly consists of rabbits, uh, rats, or mice, uh, bears, cats, and dogs. So it's a very peaceful community, and they all get along. They all have their their tasks uh, within the world, and so on. And so all of these civilized, all of these little races, they live together in harmony, and they work well together, and they got each other's back. And now uh, on another island that's far removed from Lugaru, you have a pack of wolves. And this pack of wolves have depleted all their resources. Okay, and then they decided, okay, we're gonna go out, we're gonna build ships and we're gonna start looking for other islands or other livestock, so to speak. And they board or they set sail for Lugaru and then try and convince the king of Lugaru, whose name is Hickory, that um, they want to essentially just be able to farm whatever livestock is there, because on the previous island, they just devoured everything. They depleted all their resources. And so they went to negotiate with the king, and the king that was in fear for his life then decided to tell his one, his right hand, or one of his little servants, Jack, to go to each and every small town and try and convince the raiders about the whole deal that they're cutting with the wolves now. And he almost gets it right, but he's also best friends with Turner uh, because they serve together in the army and they become good mates and so on. And uh, Jack is, he's a real conniving bastard. And uh, he then goes around and tells each leader of the raiders, the raiders are the individuals that look after the small towns, essentially protected from any threat. He convinces each and every leader to vacate that area just in time for the wolves to come and attack and destroy everyone that's in there. So essentially all the citizens of all those small towns. And um, during the process, Jack then, yeah, he fakes his own death and Turner's entire family gets wiped out. And then in the end, Turner then decides that he's going to start looking for the truth, looking for answers. Before that, he was just a soldier. He was just a drone. He didn't care about how they became anthropomorphic animals, how the whole existence of the ecosystem had come to be, what happened to the humans, whatever. He was just taught how to fight. But now, during his journey, while trying to thwart the enemies, um, especially the alpha wolf, whose name is Ash, haha, he, um, he learns a lot about uh, the story behind everything. Why? Because he's starting to communicate or interact with a whole lot of higher-ups within the kingdom. And they start divulging a whole lot of information to him. And he, he also gets some snippets from some of the villages that he goes to uh, rescue the citizens from. And they tell him stories and so on. And the way that he then goes up against these wolves or even the raiders that have now turned against the kingdom or turned against the citizens um, 
is through hand-to-hand -hand combat or martial arts. So you, you have knives, you have swords, you have bows, you have certain elements that you can throw at people or at animals, not people. Um, and that's the way you go about everything. And because you're fighting against wolves, sometimes you're fighting against bears, you're always overpowered. And you need to use your agility, your weapon skills, just about everything to your disposal in order to take them on. And it's it becomes quite frantic, especially when there's like 10, 10 or 20 enemies all at once. They're all trying to take you out. Some of the citizens throw stones from a distance, but it doesn't really help you much. So you're left either with your bare hands or if you've got a staff or a sword or a knife that you've acquired uh, as you go on your journey through Lugaru to try and find the, the truth, you you can get different sets of knives and so on. And all of them unlock, uh, well, not really unlock. You already have the skill, but you can only perform it with a specific a weapon. And I don't want to get too much into the story, but um, you you eventually end up um, coming up against the Alpha Wolf, which is your final boss. Uh, you also uh, try and interrogate the king after you've learned that you know he agreed to this whole thing, and you also find out that Jack double-crossed everyone. Um, but yeah, it was for me the reason why I, I was really into it is because from an early stages, from I think 2007, when I saw the development of the game start, because it wasn't even an early access, wasn't even beta or whatever. They just released some code. You would um, put it onto your machine, you install it onto your machine, and you play it, and then give the developers feedback. Uh, so um, this was more a community-driven uh, project. And everything was built from scratch. Everything from the ragdoll mechanics that was first uh, built by them for an independent studio. And also the characters and even the engine for it was all built from scratch. And what really appealed to me is that this was a venture that was started by one guy who had a vision. who had a story. He wanted to be able to create a visual representation of it. And created this really interesting, fun, and... Um, highly enjoyable game whether it's the combat system whether it's just exploring the large island of Lugaru or just learning about how everything came to be the way it is it was it's 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 a really interesting story for me I'm not sure if it's everyone else's cup of tea and I know that um, Overgrowth which is the sequel to Lugaru released or came out of early access last year November sometime so I'm really looking forward to getting that for PC, well, as soon as I get a decent PC to run it, um, to give that a try as well, because I really like the game that much. I was just about to ask if it's related to overgrowth when you mentioned r rabbits fighting wolves and bears. Yeah, yeah, it is uh, related to, uh, it's essentially the sequel to Lugaru. So it still takes place on the island of Lugaru after the events of uh, Lugaru. But now I'm not in, I'm not entirely sure of what the premise of Overgrowth is because I haven't played the game yet. But I'm going to give it a bash. After playing Lugaru, I really I really really want to play Overgrowth. I'll admit that I'm a little bit overwhelmed by this one. I'd never in my life heard of this of this game. To be, to be reason, very honest, the reason why it came up. Well, this was my initial thought for my game of choice, 
to try and punt you guys. But if you look at the post that Goth put up today with Biomutant, Biomutant is like Lugaru or Overgrowth on steroids. I mean, they've got biomechanics and robotics with animals. So it's almost the same premise, but, but not. Same recipe, but not. Yeah, different story, maybe, that kind of thing. But, I mean, this is, this is, it just seems nuts, this one. I mean, uh, I mean, you gave us a bit of a synopsis of the story and everything, and it just sounds, it sounds incredibly wacky and weird, but at the same time, you know, very well thought out and, and fleshed out kind of thing. Yeah. The part that I love the most is when they start talking about the humans, how stupid they were, to, uh, consuming all the resources and f messing up the whole planet. Well, they're not I, wrong. I like little skits there. I love it. Uh, and, and and tell me now, what what is this like a brawler type of game? Because, I mean, it's like you're talking about ninja bunnies kind of thing. So Yeah, essentially it is a brawler type game. Now, think of God of War, but not on rails, so to speak. Where you have different weapons, so you have different move sets. You can equip, I think, three weapons at a time. You can switch out, say, a long sword for a katana and so on. Then you have a different move set, and uh, you can do a whole lot of exploring. You can talk to some of the villagers, and they will tell you stories from the days gone by, or if they have any news of what they've heard from either Jack or the King, or where the whereabouts of the wolves are. So it's a it's a bit of a mixed bag, really. It's so, so kind of a, a linear game set in an open world setting kind of thing. Correct. So, if you're a rebel bunny rabbits killing people, isn't it Assassin's Breed? <laughs> I was waiting for this. <laughs> Assassin's Breed. Overgrowth 2.5. Assassin's Breed. So, well, I gotta say, because because it's wacky, maybe maybe that's why I like it so much. It's very I just, different. I just love the, the the description that they they give it on Steam. It's a follow Turner, a rebel bunny rabbit with impressive combat <laughs> skills, in his quest to find those responsible for slaughtering his village, uncover far-reaching conspiracy involving the corrupt leaders of the Rabbit Republic and the wolves of the nearby lands. Mm. And then if you if you check out at the bottom of, of the Steam page and they give you the system requirements, it says no real ninja bunnies were harmed during the production. <laughs> yeah, that, that does that does say something about you know, <laughs> about it though. Yeah, I, I really think it was quite a fun game. It was, and, uh, and it doesn't I seem like they they taken themselves too serious either. So it's just a fun kind of like say community project that people worked on and ended up with with the game yeah essentially i think in the start it was uh planned to be a very serious very dark thing but then the community got involved and said look it's bunny rabbits ninja bunny rabbits there has to be a fun or funny or hysterical element to it at some point and then they kind of added the certain things i think most of the dialogue was changed but the story essentially stayed the same yeah bunny rabbits no i would i would i expect nothing different or nothing else from you um <laughs> Ash. i don't i don't know if that's a compliment or not it, it, it is a compliment it's just you, you kind of you, you caught me off guard yeah like completely yes i am a strange bunch he, uh, he wasn't person. expecting com 
combat ready uh, rabbits. Combat ready. Uh, well, who who have you reviewed uh, Mario Rabbits? That's essentially the Me. same thing, isn't it? Is it not? Bunny rabbits armed to the teeth. Well, rabbits. You almost sounded disappointed that you reviewed it. No, I'm a bit more like who else would review the turn-based strategy yeah. game? I would have given it a try. Oh, I would have loved to play it. But, but you know, there's reasons, and you'll have stuff. to make a switch to something. Uh huh. Switch off the light, maybe. I don't know. Our, our puns aren't stinging as much today. Yeah. Well, you might save some money on your electricity bill. Yeah. yeah. That's what I never, never, never thought of it like that. But now, now here's the thing, though. Uh, both of you essentially telling me to play a PC game. Um, oh. obviously. Um, Lugaru HD because I see it's HD. It's got HD te texture packs. Yeah, uh, the HD texture packs came in, out in 2010, I believe. Yeah, that was oh, the okay. most stable version that they released. Okay, and I see. Yeah, look, when my laptop will definitely be able to play this one. So, so I will. I will add it to my wish list. I think I think I got a better chance of trying your game out, Ash, than uh, than Goths at this stage. Sorry, Goth. I'll give Goths one a try then. I guess that leaves Goth with souls. <laughs> Damn. Boom. Fate. So, I think so he, which... just, he just went to sulk in a bucket somewhere. Yeah, like you you just kicked my like award-winning game under the under the table to play some <laughs> rabbits community oh game. come on <laughs> it's not because of you know the very, you know there's a very good reason for it i've got a shitty computer and i'm gonna stick to that excuse and he's gonna have more fun with kung fu rabbits fine fine but uh have i convinced the two of you about lugaru or are you thinking is like something you might get when it's free or something i actually have overgrowth i've just been waiting for it to be not so early access uh um ash i, I will know it was a sequel i'm sorry i should speak ash. more about my my crazy uh game antics at some point please do because it's it's incredibly interesting and and i'm i'm definitely intrigued Although, I think, you know, and to be very honest, I think the odds of me playing the game in the next, or soon, I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen, since I don't really game on PC. Um, but maybe, I think maybe I should, should give, it a, give it a try. Uh, just, you know, for the sake of next time when we get back here, yeah, I can say at least, you know, I did try one of the games that you guys told me to play. Dude, I will come and install it for you. It's mad fun. Seriously. No, dude, it, it's, it's not that expensive either. You know, give people money that work on something. You know how it works, guys. Mm -hmm. And I'll and I'll put um, God's game in Endless Legend in the, in the wish list until I have a PC that can handle it. Because, because of the two games, that's the game I probably want to play the most, to be very honest. But as I said, you know, I just don't have the hardware for it. 
Yeah, I'm looking into Dark Souls now. I think Dark Souls was on 360 and PS3. Yeah, yeah. And also there's the the um, re-release coming out later okay. this year, yeah. which yeah, which is worth having a look. You know, for when that goes on a on a cheaper you know uh, sale down the here down the line later in the year. So that's my excuse. I'm I'm waiting for the re-release. <laughs> that's only a couple of months, dude. Yeah, I shouldn't have mentioned that, man. That's fine, that means I have a couple of months of valid excuse to Shush! <laughs> Charlie has no excuse. I can install the game for him and show him the ropes. It's not that hard. You don't even, you don't have to play on the highest uh, game settings either. No, I'm pretty sure that, that if I'm... My PC should be able to handle the... Uh, one gig processor or faster with 500 meg RAM. Yeah, I think and a hundred twenty-eight meg OpenGL compatible graphics card. So you can play it on a scientific calculator then. Essentially, yes. Yeah, I was going to say if your PC isn't good, your phone is good. <laughs> you yeah. have no way out of this, Charlie. <laughs> nope, I have. I don't see my have no choice. <laughs> so yeah, I will. I'll. I'll play Lugaru. Uh, Lugaru HD. Looking forward to it. Lovely. I will venture into the dust people and the locusts. Mm, mm, mm. Really, so, yeah, I'm I think, really fond of those dust people, I must say. I, I think that this is, uh, it's been, been an interesting show, though. Um, I'm definitely curious to try out the games. I know Garth has got his reservations about Dark Souls, but uh, yeah, I, I would like to say thank you guys for, for at least introducing me to something that you know I might potentially like. Oh, it's a pleasure, Treasure. Yeah, well, I'm keen to give it a go. I'll just... I think I will wait, like I said. Um, Forced to wait. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a PlayStation 3 version for you, but I know your <laughs> PlayStation 3 doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, Lightning decided, you know, bye. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's such a shame, yeah. Cool. Well, um, thank you, Charlie and Ash. This has been this has been season two, episode three of the SA GamerCast, and we are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, feel free to give a like or comment, or send us some questions for ideas of topics. We're more than happy to talk about pretty much anything, you know, except something that might send Daniel on another rant. No, I'm kidding. We will always choose a topic where Daniel will go on a rant because that's yeah. the most fun the best. thing ever to be. Yeah, it is, it is It is. an honor to be part of those rants, you know, best or ever. at least experience it and, and those things. But yeah, guys, thanks for thanks for the, for the chat. It was, it was fun and uh, enlightening. Thanks for having me and thanks for opening my eyes and you two being the typical influencers you are now i've got more games i need to add to my list thanks man yeah i appreciate it cool Cheers. you're welcome ninja rabbits you know what the funny thing is i'm looking at the page of lugaru hd mm-hmm. and it keeps cycling through the screenshots on um steam and the more and more i see it the more and more i want to play it <laughs> Now you know how I felt when I first when I saw the first couple of gameplay videos or demos of it. It's like this is insane.
I can kick ass. I can, money. I can just imagine what this looked like in 2005. You know, if you know the your, no. You know, when it, it we started two thousand five. Development started two thousand five. The initial build started rolling out two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Uh, the the full HD version came out twenty ten. But yeah, two thousand eight was already bonkers. Yeah, game. but I mean, imagine. I mean, the the graphics. I mean, the graphics now look a bit dated. But I mean, back then, I was thinking it must have been like whoa. It was. Yeah, but fighting. So I needed it. And geez, that the moves that that uh, Turner pulls off, goddamn. So, Ash, Bruce Lee, who? Ash, are you more a anthropomorphic rabbit or anthropomorphic wolf kind of guy? Anthropomorphic rabbit. Anthropomorphic. What? <laughs> Anthrop <laughs> and anth anthro anthropomorphic 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 that's it I'm not even gonna try because I can I know I can't say that word now I have to edit it out every time and replace it I have to record myself saying anthropomorphic anthropomorphic <laughs> Well, there's no yeah. other way to say it, really. Uh, well, no, I'm not laughing. Animals. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I can't say it either. It, it's one of those words. I just, I cannot say it, and I've tried. It's the amount of P's and O's. Yeah, just just becomes confusing. That's nearly went somewhere completely worse. What with the P's and O's? Yeah, you got the same sick mind as I do. Oy. Well, Ash started me off talking about rabbits and f***ing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 